Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast all the way from France for the Tour de France 2018 and we are still in the Vendée region. I think I never spent that much time in Vendée in my life, uh, but that's the Vendée region just underneath Brittany uh, for this episode two and um, Dave McKenzie Maka is still with me. Kudos for you to sticking with me actually. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, I gave myself some kudos for sticking by you. But no, no, it's pretty good. Look, you know where, you find out where the good duckies are kind of, and you found some today for lunch. So I was hot on your wheel and ooh, it tasted good. Absolutely. First of all, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast or tell your friends about it, actually. Uh, why not? Because it's a good podcast. On our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central. Let's concentrate now on cycling. Stage number two of this Tour de France 2018. In French, I would say, or in Latin, I would say bis repetita from yesterday. A bit of a boring stage, you know, though there was a, someone that went in front, Chavanel, but then in the end, crashes, spiced up the whole ending. It was it was absolutely carbon copy, wasn't it? Like from go to woe. You're right, and and you know we'll be critics and say yes, it was a boring stage. Even the riders say that it's boring riding in a peloton like that when it's so slow, it's hot, but you've just got to get through it. And then, literally 15, 20 kilometers to go, crashes. A few of the big names came off once again. Um, nothing too serious. There was there was one serious one a little bit further out. Luis Leon Sanchez. That was nasty. Yeah, we, we got to talk about him because uh, we saw then now after this uh, this stage that he's got broken ribs, he's got you know fractured elbow. There's a there's some serious damage. But at, at the end, like this is why I love cycling. He was still questioning: Should I go back on the bike? Yeah. Like I, you can't even get out of the bed with this. Well, he's like, oh, should I carry on riding? I tell you what, the Spanish football team should be uh, maybe trying to <laughs> get him on their books because uh, they failed miserably in the World Cup. Luis Leon Sanchez, he won't he won't do any um, uh, fake fallovers. Willie, no, that was look. It was, jokes aside, you're dead right. He was he was contemplating trying to get back on the bike, and then he just he knew he just it wasn't going to happen, and that was a shame because he, he's such a class and star rider. At what point actually do, do the, the medical team say no, mate, you're not going? Can, can they influence this decision uh, on a medical ground, or does he ask to come from him or from his DS, his director sportive? That's a really good question and point because, and I don't know. The, the, the official answer, and, and I say official answer because we know Lawson Craddock, uh, broken uh, scapula, he, he got back on the bike. He, sorry, he started today's stage after yesterday's uh, crash and he got going again. Um, so you can do that. The only reason, and, and, when I, and I'll just refer it to, compare it to football or codes of football, head injuries. So that's probably the only time if a helmet is absolutely cracked and the 
the rider is disorientated and maybe then the medical team and the team itself would say no the team of the rider that's when they would pull them off we've seen vision of this before i remember seeing a dutch woman in the national dutch team at the world championships team's time trial in qatar stinking hot i think it was like 48 degrees at seven o'clock in the morning and she looked completely dehydrated she crashed on a roundabout she tried to get back up and she just couldn't and so they're the moments when it when it is dangerous uh luis leon sanchez he was fine. He knew what was going on. He was just tough. He didn't. He didn't want to leave this great race, this beautiful race that has given him so much joy over the years. Yeah, that's understandable. So, uh, in the end, uh, sprint, and then Sagan wins. Sagan's in yellow. What do you make of this uh, early? yellow for, for Sagan? Well, as he said, uh, because we just listened to him in some of the interviews, and we interviewed him also, uh, he said, look, I might only hold it for one day, team's time trial tomorrow. He said, we'll give it our best shot, but our team's not the strongest against the likes of BMC, even Mitchelton, Scott, uh, for that matter, and of course, Team Sky. So, I almost don't expect him to hold the yellow any longer than uh, one day, but this stage, when I saw the finale uh, coming in with a 700 metres slight drag uphill, I thought it's made for Peter Sagan. He didn't get it by much, but he didn't have to. And that was the Italian Cobrelli who came to the fore. Cobrelli almost getting his first stage win in the Tour de France. That would have been great actually after the, the Colombian yesterday. Talking of crush, Fernando Gaviglia as well had, had a pretty big crush, but you talk to him, he's okay. And you've mentioned to him, I heard uh, that question where you said you win some and then you lose some, and that's really what he's cycling in. He feels like he's been in his career for like a just two days it's been from really high to really low for for him absolutely yeah and i mean look we've got to remember for the people who really just focus as fans watching the tour de france he's been around for a few years already uh Gavidi. it's just that he's come to prominence at this on a grand scale here at the biggest race of the year um but he did he went from the highest of highs not to the lowest of lows he's still in the race and he didn't look like he took too much skin off and he, he said he was fine he said he was okay so that's that's a good sign because i think we all want to see him challenge again don't we yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dion Smith is a name I didn't know before, uh, not, not necessarily going into this, uh, uh, this Tour de France, and he's the first Kiwi to wear a leader's jersey in, uh, in the Tour de France. What a legend, what a champion. And uh, he didn't, he didn't uh, I think it's also new to him, you know, he comes into the mix zone and he's with the jersey, it's, he didn't know how to react. Yeah, actually, let's listen to, uh, to him. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. you are the first New Zealander to ever wear a leader's jersey in the Tour de France. It's yeah, well, massive. I wasn't sure on that fact, but I was telling the cameraman back there, I was 90% sure yeah. it was true, so now you've confirmed it. Well, how's it feel? Come on, give me some excitement. It's massive, yeah. mate. I mean, I've, I know the Kiwis, uh, the, the history of uh, Kiwi cyclists at the Tour de France, way back to Nathan Dahlberg and those guys, um, you know, and, and now you're wearing a, a leader's jersey at this race, the biggest race in the world. No, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. A real special moment. And, yeah. yeah, proud to be a Kiwi and, and represent Wanted at the same time. Yeah, and what do you got to say? Anything back to the people watching back in New Zealand? Well, they'll be sleeping at the moment, yeah. but when they wake up, uh, yeah, I hope they're, hope they're watching and, and proud of me. So, so that's Dion uh, Smith in the, in the mix zone. Uh, I, tried. I tried to get some <laughs> excitement out of him, but I think, I think he was almost uh, in shock a little bit himself. Well, uh, people had to tell him. 
you are actually the first Kiwi to wear a, 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 a leader's jersey at the Tour de France. And he didn't believe it. He had to double check and triple check on the internet. Yeah. And then he was, yeah, okay, I am. But not so much excitement. But there must be some excitement in, 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 in New Zealand, even though, as he mentioned, they, they, are, or they are or they were asleep. Uh, waking up to this, it's a good news for New Zealand cycling. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, um, you know, we'll claim them every day of the week when they do something good. When they do something bad, we, we push them away. But no, no, jokes aside, look, I grew up, uh, you know, as a young kid racing my bike, it wasn't just the Australians, you know, like Phil Anderson, Alan Piper that inspired me. There were a couple of Kiwis as well, and Nathan Dahlberg was one of those. And, uh, you know, he rode for the 7-Eleven squad and the Motorola team, uh, Steve Swart as well, as another Kiwi that comes to mind. So for a small country, they've punched way above their weight. And this Dion Smith, uh, to get the polka dot jersey lead and become the first New Zealander to wear, as you said, any lead jersey in the Tour de France, is huge. It's huge for the sport in New Zealand. Let's hope it inspires more young boys and girls to get on the bike. And normally he should be wearing it the next day as well because tomorrow is a team time trial, as you mentioned. Uh, so he's unlikely to lose it. Yeah, and he, he said it so sort of nonchalantly, like, oh, well, you know, tomorrow's a team's time trial, so I won't lose it. And, you know, maybe the next day we'll see. He, he was just, I was just like, dude, you've just got the jersey. You've just got a jersey in the Tour de France. The first person in your country ever. It's incredible. And he just, you know, he went with it. So maybe that's why he got it, because he's so calm. Because I'm with you. I, I, knew, Dan, I knew of Dan Smith. I've never interviewed him, and I didn't know too much about him. So maybe that's a side to him that, that is what makes him a good cyclist. Yeah, just the, the, the calm and the, the demeanor and, and stay collected. Uh, what else did you uh, pick up from that stage, uh, from, from the GC contenders? Of course, Yates uh, had, a, had a crush, uh, and we saw the whole team rally around him uh, to bring him back, which they did. But what do you make of that start for Mitchelton and, and Yates? And you mentioned it before, yeah, uh, Mitchelton Scott really want to be a GC team uh, and not necessarily sprinters and, and a stage-winning team because Caleb Ewan is not here as well. It's one of the reasons we talked on but uh, what do you make of their start I know it's only two stages but so far oh look it's it's probably a start they'd they'd like to forget um, and, and if they could start again and do and, and do it again they maybe they would maybe they wouldn't because the interesting thing is they haven't lost a rider yet yes they've had a they've lost a bit of time and lost and a couple of crashes for Adam Yates but he's okay and they've said that and I spoke to the management and they said he's okay um, Luke Durbridge came off hard, but I was interviewing him and he was smiling. He had blood trickling down both his kneecaps, uh, and he's an important part for the team's time trial. So it's a big day for Mitchelton Scott in the team's time trial. Big, big day. They really need to um, deliver, and, and for them and for Adam Yates. Do you think many, um, many riders will, will struggle to sleep a bit tonight because there's a bit of a scratching on the skin or it's all part of the, of, of the, of the daily routine of a cyclist? No, sometimes, yes, it is. It's difficult to get a good night's sleep and um, especially you're generally uh, you take the first place you take skin off is on the hips and on that bone, you know, your hip bone. And you generally most people roll over a little bit once or twice in the night. And so it can be, yeah, a little bit, um, you just, and you stiffen up, you just stiffen up. And so, um, you know, let's hope all the other riders left in the race can get some sort of recovery. Tomorrow, it's certainly not a rest day. It's, a, it's obviously a short stage, but it's a very, very fast one and an intense one. So they have to bring their A game. Absolutely. And then for us, before we start about this fast pace and uh, this fast uh, run for tomorrow, we'll take a short break and then uh, we'll come back. And uh, I'll have a coffee actually again, uh, Maka. So double espresso for me, please. I'll go the single. Don't go anywhere. So here's indoor training before Zwift. 
You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift. You're climbing epic mountains in Watopia. You're racing through the streets of London or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast and we are still uh, in France, still in the Vendée region and uh, Maka is still with me. Uh, we had a pretty big lunch. Uh, uh, actually, I had a pretty big lunch. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Look at that. You're trying to bring me under the bus with you, pal. We saw the photos online. Look at our uh, social media pages because, uh, yeah, you had a huge tray of food and uh, you were pretty happy with yourself too. Look, I did try a little bit of the rosé. It went down nice. And on this steaming hot weather, man, this is a hot summer. Absolutely. And it's a, yeah, it's a hot start of the, of the tour. Do you remember a tour starting so hot? And is it due to the fact that we are starting one week later? I don't think so. I, you know what? I do remember a, a couple of years ago, uh, we started in Utrecht and it was, I got off the plane. I remember in um, Amsterdam, believe it or not, it was 38 degrees. I think Paris had its hottest summer day ever and Wimbledon was on and I think they even cancelled a couple of matches. In Australian Open tennis, we just plough on through 48 degrees on the court. Don't worry about it. Put the roof on, she'll be right. But people were literally dying in the streets. It was, it was crazy. I mean, that is... It's hot in anyone's standards, isn't it? But um, no, the Utrecht start a few years back, I remember, was a stinker. Let's look at uh, what's coming up uh, tonight. Uh, it's a team time trial. I've already said I don't like time trial, but I do like a team time trial because it's actually beautiful to watch on TV. Uh, Cholet to Cholet, I believe you are some sort of Cholet homeboy. Uh, you know the place. <laughs> uh, yeah, de definitely, when I tell you why. Uh, I rode the Grand Prix Cholet three times, so therefore, yes, I am a homeboy. Do you know how many times I've been to Cholet in my life? Never. Zero. Zero. Zero time I've been to Cholet. It's going to be a first thing for me. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't remember much about it, but the Grand Prix Cholet was uh, a fairly big race on the French calendar. So it was part of the French Cup, Coupe de France. And um, yeah, it was, it was an important race for the French teams, especially. And uh, I think three out of three, I got my butt kicked. So, and miserable weather generally because it was early on in the year. But this is different. And I'm with you. I'm not a huge fan of individual time trials, but I do love team time trials. They, I think they're exciting. They're dynamic. And as you say, they're beautiful to watch when you've got, and remember, it's a team of eight uh, lined out this year, not nine. Yeah, does that change anything? Yeah, or in this case, one less, man. Not really. I don't think so. I think, um, if anything, it will make it slightly more fluent for the, for the teams. But all the teams will be the same, obviously. Uh, apart from the teams that have potentially lost a rider going into it. But no, ultimately, you know, eight men, you'd like to think that they'll all just have a, a better sort of rhythm going uh, on the course. Especially if it's technical. Uh, so... Who do you think is going to make uh, the difference there? Or can we actually expect a difference? Teams like Sky, with from being a bit of further down the, the, the GC at the minute, can he claim back time because of Sky being such a power engine? Totally he can, and totally Team Sky can for him and with him. Um, BMC will need to pull back time too. They've got a strong team here. Uh, Richie Port's got some good riders uh, to help him, to tow him along, and <laughs> he'll be towing that team as well. He's, he's obviously a great time trialist. But will there be a couple of surprises? And I'm really interested to see how Bayran Merida will go. Vincenzo Nibali's been looked good so far. Uh, but can his team time trial, can they do a good strong team time trial? And how will they stack up against the likes of Sky and BMC? So I think that's interesting. And the other one, if 
education uh, DRAPAC with Rigoberto Uran. Let's keep reminding our listeners he was second last year by, what, a minute thereabouts. He was the closest man to Chris Froome, and he's got some time on him already. So uh, I think there's so many cards to be uh, played in this stage. Movie style? Yeah, why not? Valverde, I mean, you know, we, we were hoping and thought his biggest chance was last year. He dramatically crashed out in Dusseldorf in that opening time trial. We never got to see potentially the best of Alejandro Valverde at the Tour de France. Will we see it this year? He's not getting any younger, is he? Uh, but Mikatalanda, Nado Quintana. Quintana needs to make back time as well. He needs to make back more time. I don't think they'll match up to BMC or Team Sky. In one of the Frenchies, we, of course, we'll talk about Bardet because uh, I say what I want on this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you own it. Go for it. <laughs> uh, Bardet, is it somewhere we kind of start judging his form on a, team time, on a time trial basis because we know this is one of his weakness? Look, we won't because we're more professional than that, but the tabloid <laughs> print and TV will. So, no, he will. He will begin to be judged. Uh, by the press and even though he's only the power of eight he's not the power of himself so he can only go the speed that his seven other teammates can go with him and I think they're going to lose time maybe maybe not he knows this has been his Achilles heel we've spoken about this already surely they will have been doing some work on this a French team team's time trial in France in the heart of France in a place that they would have raced around many times themselves I'm sure over the years so I would be absolutely shocked if they have not done some course wrecking over the course of this the first six months of this year and any other uh, teams that you see that could actually do something in, in this time trial or is that basically where we'll see the some of the some of the some of the winners on, on that stage no there's always look quick step is probably the first one that come to mind they've been good in the team's time trials in the past so sunweb how can we how can i not mention sunweb with team uh, with tom dumoulin one of the best individual time trialists in the world arguably he is the best at the moment so sunweb could pull off a victory no there's look i think there's five or six teams that could win this and that's I think that's what we love about team time trials, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if you'd say the same in an individual time trial. Certainly the first one, you might pick two or three riders that can win. Here you've got six, five, six, seven teams that can win. If we come back to the, to the, the first couple of stages with, uh, with the, the sprinters and that gap that was created, there was a lot of discussion on French radio over the last couple of days about this is actually good for Chris Froome because that removes the pressure from him with everything that has happened before, the booing, you know, the, 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 all this pressure that he's getting. The fact that he dropped some time on, on this, basically the spotlight is not so much on him. He doesn't have to come to the mix zone. He doesn't have to talk to the, to the press. So this could actually be a godsend for Chris Froome. It's true. I, I, he certainly doesn't want to give away 50 seconds. That's Okay, let's just make that point very clear. He's not happy he's given away 50-odd seconds uh, to the likes of Vincenzo Nibli. However, I agree. It, it takes the spotlight off him, and it also means he, he's not in the mix zone post-stage. You add an extra hour to your day, yes, you're recovering, but it is taxing. He's been used to that in the past, but I can't imagine he's going to take the yellow jersey back in the team's time trial regardless of what they do uh, the time that they do so yeah it's it's uh it's not a bad thing for chris room but he doesn't want the yellow jersey in the first week don't you think no no exactly that's right and therefore he won't have to deal with those extra pressures so it's dynamic isn't it it's a it's i'm loving this first you know opening week um and we'll talk about more of the stages that we know are coming up but it is really a dynamic first week of the tour de france absolutely what's for dinner tonight mate 
Uh, Kana. I had it for lunch. I'll have it for dinner. <laughs> and it's not even the Kana region. We, I wait until we reach the Kana region, the duck region. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh gee. My stomach is churning at the prospect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, uh, Makar. It was uh, great to have you in the podcast again. As always, loved it. Uh, see you tomorrow. À demain. À demain. <laughs> that was it for the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast for today. Uh, remind, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or uh, subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. Until tomorrow morning, it's bye for now from us, from the Vendée region again. See you tomorrow. The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialize and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.